Thanks for listening to the Light Church Podcast. This sermon was recorded in San Diego, California. We pray that the Lord would speak to you through His Word. For more information, you can visit our website, lightsandiego.com. Good morning. This is so great to be here. So I had a very pleasant, unexpected surprise last Sunday as um, one of the pastors for Light Church, which many of you know, we have a church up in Encinitas and then a church here downtown, of which don't tell anyone in Encinitas, the downtown church is by far my favorite. But um, we were last Sunday, a few days before last Sunday, we got a message on our pastoral team to say that uh, one of the pastors, Stevie, who is on the preaching team in Encinitas, was stuck, conveniently stuck on holiday, and uh, there was no one to preach in Encinitas. So then Caitlin and I, Caitlin, my lovely wife, uh, we had to say, okay, we're on it. I'll preach in Encinitas, you preach downtown. And so although I've been downtown many times and been able to preach here many times, since we have moved out here uh, to San Diego as a family, this is my first time preaching in the downtown church. So I am stoked and pumped to be with you this morning. So welcome if you're new or visiting this morning. My name is Brian, and uh, it's a joy to be together. We are in a bit of a three-week kind of mini-series at the start of the year looking at our values as a church. And we have this phrase that helps us keep Jesus and the way in which we want to live as a priority for us. And that phrase is simply this, the way of Jesus. We believe that as disciples of Jesus, we are called to live out the way of Jesus or live the same life that Jesus lived. And in order to do that, uh, our hope as a church is to encourage each other and to run together with three main goals, those being, firstly, that we want to be with Jesus. That's each and every day. That's 24-7. We want to be with Him. We want to become like Jesus So we want to become the kind of person that resembles Christ and that eventually we want to start to do the very things that Jesus did. And so we call this practicing the way. And it is our aim over these next three weeks that uh, we would make simple and clear once again, uh, you know, our desire for us as a church and really for all of us as individuals as we gather together, but then as we scatter during the week, how we can order our lives around the way of Jesus. And so we started this last Sunday looking at how we can be with Jesus because discipleship or Christianity, if we want to use that phrase, is actually all about an intimate relationship with a person. See, being a disciple or being a Christian is not about attending a once-off event or a weekly event. It is not about subscribing to a list of rules of do's and don'ts. Being a Christian, being a disciple or a student to a teacher is all about living in an intimate relationship with a person, and that person is Jesus. And so we are invited by Jesus himself to come and be with him and to do everyday life with him, not just on a Sunday in a meeting, not just at our open tables midweek, not just during a prayer meeting, but when we drop the kids at school, you and me with Jesus, going going to to work and, and connecting with a colleague, we are with Jesus and our colleague. As we go to bed at night or cook food or do the dishes or go for a run or do whatever we do, we do it with Jesus. That's the invitation 
And then we want to be with him so that we can become like him. And as we become like him, what we find is that we don't have to, by subscribing to a list of rules of do's and don'ts, do the things that he did, but we find ourselves naturally, because of who we are and how we've been shaped and transformed, doing the very things that Jesus did. And so it's our conviction as a church, according to the scriptures, that as we live out the way of Jesus, as we with him become like him and do what he did, it is our conviction that our own lives and our community and our city and our nation will be both renewed and transformed. This always actually happens as a remnant, as a, as a small group of people start to say yes to Jesus, as you start to be with him, as we start to pray together and cultivate hearts of hunger and an atmosphere of praise, as we start to do these things, we start to be shaped, changed, and formed. Together we start to be shaped, changed, and formed. Our city starts to be shaped, changed, and formed into the way of Christ. So last week we looked at how we can be with, be with Jesus. If you want to listen to that, you can go online. There's a podcast and a, and a video on YouTube. But today we're going to look at how do we become like Jesus. So, how do we become like him? Well, the end goal of a student or an apprentice, that's what it means to be a disciple, by the way. Disciple is this word metheteus in the Greek or talmudim in the Hebrew. And it basically means that we are an apprentice to a master. And so as we apprentice ourselves to Jesus, uh, it is our second goal, the first goal is to be with him. The second goal is to become like him. Now, we usually call this spiritual formation in the church. Dallas Willard, he's been super helpful in helping us frame what it looks like to be spiritually formed. And he says this, he says, spiritual formation in the Christian tradition is a process of increasingly being possessed, listen to this language, possessed and permeated by the character traits of Jesus as we walk in the easy yoke of discipleship with Jesus, our teacher. Being possessed, possessed, and permeated with the character traits of Jesus Christ himself as we walk out our discipleship with him. Now, my guess is that I'm not alone when I say I want to become like Jesus, Like, I want to become the type of person that starts to carry the character traits and starts to become like Christ. Like, I want to become the type of person that's not in a hurry. Like, the type of person who is anxiety-free. How does that sound? The type of person who's able to love my enemy, to, to operate in, like, radical generosity. The type of person who doesn't have digital addiction. The type of person who's full of wisdom and patience and kindness, who, 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 where love just overflows from me. I want to become the type of person that Jesus is. I want to grow and mature into the image of Jesus. And by the nodding of heads and some of the smiles, I am sure that I am not alone in this desire. I want to become like Christ. And this really is the idea of coming under a rabbi or a teacher or a master, coming under his or her yoke. Uh, If we're going to use this New Testament language that we just heard from Dallas Willard, the the yoke of Christ. Now, what is a yoke? A yoke is, they would have, um, this is an agrarian society, lots of farmers. I'm guessing that there's not many farmers in the house tonight, but basically you would have an ox and you would get a really strong big ox, and then you would get a kind of an ox in training, a younger dude, and you would 
put them next to each other and you would use what is called a yoke and that would be this big wooden kind of structure that would, you would hook over the big ox and hook over the smaller dude and they would together be guarded, the younger guy would be guarded by the bigger, stronger ox to operate in the fields, right? And so the invitation of Jesus is come, attach yourself to me by this yoke as the, we the smaller, weaker kind of dudes in training and we attach ourselves to the bigger, stronger one. And just by being attached to him, we follow along with him in his way of life. And this idea of coming under a rabbi or a master's yoke uh, is, we are told, is pretty easy. Okay? The easy yoke of Jesus. Meaning that we don't actually have to do too much work. Meaning that we can actually just, by attaching ourselves with Jesus alongside him and staying really close to him, that he actually pulls us along on the journey. And it kind of gives new meaning to Matthew chapter 11, if we read this, Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Jesus says, come to me. Again, I love Jesus because he's always inviting, never forcing, always inviting. Come to me. All who are weary and burdened, anyone weary and burdened from the last couple of years? I'm sure a few of us. Here's what he says. Come to me and I will give you rest. Take my yoke, which is to say my way of life, or you know, be with me, come alongside me, attach yourself to me. Take my yoke upon you, learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So beautiful, rest in my soul. You see, discipleship to Jesus, being a Christian, is not about doing a whole bunch of stuff that's really difficult. It's actually an invitation into rest and peace and joy and life and fullness that actually is not very hard. Jesus tells us it's pretty easy if we submit ourselves to him in his ways. Our souls can find peace and rest. His burden is light. Now, if this is the case, if Jesus' uh, yoke is easy and light, we have to ask ourselves the question, why don't more of us do that? <laughs> why don't we find more people coming under the yoke of Christ? I want to look at Matthew chapter 19. We're going to start in verse 16, if you've got your Bible. It'll come up on the screen. Just then a man came up to Jesus and asked, teacher, see, Jesus the rabbi, the teacher, the master, teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Well, why do you ask me about what is good, Jesus replied. There is only one who is good. If you want to enter life, keep the commandments. Which ones, he inquired. Jesus replied, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony, honor your father and mother and love your neighbor as yourself. All of these things I have kept, the young man said. What do I still lack? Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, go sell all your possessions, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Here it is. Then come, follow me. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look at his face, let the things of this world grow dim. Come, follow me. Forget about the world around you. Come, be with me. Come alongside me. Then the young man heard this. He, he went away sad because he had great wealth. His, he was distracted. 
He had other things in his life that he wanted to live for other than Jesus. And Jesus said to his disciples, truly I tell you, it is hard for someone who's rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it is easy for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who's rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Then when the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished and asked, who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, with man, this is impossible. Meaning you cannot do this on your own. But with God, all things are possible. See, in Luke's account of this very same story, when Jesus is talking about how difficult it is for the rich man to enter heaven, he, in this case, in Matthew, he, he's directing his, his uh, speech to the ruler, the rich young ruler. But in Luke's account of the same story, he's actually directing this teaching moment to the disciples. Oh, sorry, he was talking to the disciples. In Luke's account, he's talking to the man, the rich young ruler. And if you read Luke's account of the same story, it's almost as if Jesus is pleading with the man. He's saying, please, please just come follow me. Just, it's as if Jesus is saying, hey, what you have, what you think is important, the life, the way in which you've structured your life, the things that you've placed of high value, those things mean nothing. I've got life. I've got purpose. I've got meaning. I know what it means to live life and life to the full. Forget about that. Come, follow me. Come to me. I'll give you rest for your souls. Jesus is saying, hey, be my disciple. Forget about the things of this world. Dallas Willard, he goes on to say, the most important thing in your life is not what you do, it's who you become. That's what you will take with you into eternity. See, the, mis- the rich young man, he was worried about who he was, what he had, but Jesus was saying, hey, just come be with me and become something and let that be what you inherit as eternal life. So this is where spiritual disciplines come in. Spiritual disciplines in the church, you know, we don't like the word disciplines in the modern day, so we like to call them practices or habits, things that we do that are helpful to, like, get us to become more like Christ. When we talk about spiritual disciplines or practices or habits, friends, what we're talking about is not things that we have to do in order to get into God's good graces. We are already in God's good graces, and spiritual disciplines and habits are things that we get to do so that we can enjoy Jesus more. And so we have these spiritual disciplines, and we spoke a bit about this last week, um, you know, things like prayer, fasting, uh, reading our Bibles, holy hospitality, generosity, the list is endless. Uh, Our lectios, if you want to pick those up, putting structure and things in place in our day that help us be with Jesus and enjoy him more. We don't have to read our lectios to get into heaven one day. I just encourage you to do it and read the Bible and pray because that's where Jesus is, and Jesus is fantastic, and you should be with him. Now, I realize that, you know, if we do these things, we can very easily step into the position of religion and like rules, like I need to do this. And so relationship gets lost. So the heart's posture at the beginning is really important. And I spoke about this a bit last week where we say, actually, the important thing to do is actually to enjoy Jesus. And as you enjoy him more, doing the things like reading our Bibles, the stuff that I want to do, not things that I have to. Now, I believe in the spiritual disciplines. I'm I'm all about them. I believe in practice and commitment. I believe in repetition. It's one of the reasons we do our giving liturgy each and every Sunday, because when we repeat something, we get shaped and formed in that way. We know this to be true if you like someone who exercises. 
You know, if you want to run a marathon, you want to train and go for regular runs and increase your distance and get better and fitter and stronger as you, you know, are training for the desired goal, which is to complete the marathon. And the same is true with discipleship with Jesus. If we want to become somebody who's like Jesus, then we need to do things and develop rules of life and put practices and disciplines in place so that we can train or go through the process of discipleship to become like Jesus. And so I believe that these habits of Bible reading and prayer and fasting and generosity and all of these things, they, they produce fruit. They, you know, there's that kind of old saying, you, you, what you do, you become. So in like when, when you do a lot of the same stuff, you start to become like that thing. Pastor John Tyson in New York City, he says this. It's a beautiful phrase that I, has kind of captivated me. He says, our attention leads to adoration. Our attention leads to adoration, meaning that what we give our attention to is, what we'll, what is the thing that we will eventually worship and slowly over time become. What we give our attention to is the thing that we start to worship and become. Now, I believe that the problem that we face today in the modern day is that we are distracted. We, we live in a distracted world. T.S. Eliot, he says this, he says, we, we live in this twittering world where people are distracted from distraction by distraction. And he goes on to say, we are distracting ourselves into spiritual oblivion pretty intense language, but we are distracting ourselves into spiritual oblivion. John Ortberg, he says, for many of us, the great danger is not that we will renounce our faith. It is that we will become so distracted and rushed and preoccupied that we will settle for a mediocre version of it. We will just skim our lives instead of actually living them. Oh, Jesus, help us not live a mediocre version of what you have intended for us here on earth. Jesus, please help us as Light Church not live out a mediocre version of what you have for us as a community and how you want us to shape and form the city by the power of your Holy Spirit. May we not live mediocre lives where we are content to just like let other people attend prayer meeting on a Tuesday and let them pray for us and we'll just kind of go along with the flow. May we not settle for a mediocre life with Jesus. Thomas Merton, he says, he once called it the rush and pressure of modern life. He calls it a pervasive form of contemporary violence. Friends, what we give our attention to is the type of person that we become. Put another way, John Mark Homer, he makes it really helpful. He says, the mind is the portal to the soul. What you fill your mind with will shape the trajectory of your character. So in the end, your life is no more than the sum of what you give your attention to, right? So, that really is... That bodes well for apprentices of Jesus, for disciples of Jesus who give the bulk of their attention to him, right? You know, if we give our attention to what is good and beautiful and true in this world, then that's really cool for us because then we, our, some of our lives will be Jesus Christ himself. But it doesn't bode well for those who give their attention to the 24-hour news cycle that is full of rage and anxiety and emotionally charged drama. 
It doesn't bode well for people who are giving all of their attention to making money and getting ahead in life. It doesn't bode well for those people who are giving all of their attention to their career and climbing the corporate ladder. It doesn't actually bode well for parents who are just giving all of their attention to their children. Wow, that's, a, that's heavy, Brian. It's fine. I'm parents. So I can say these things. Where is our attention? Are we giving our attention to the cultural drivel of the day? Or are we getting ourselves immersed in a God reality by, by being men and women of prayer? Men and women who saturate ourselves with the scriptures. Waking up every morning saying, come Holy Spirit, fill me, shape me into the image of Christ. Or are we letting ourselves be shaped by the billboards as we drive down the highway? Again, we become what we give our attention to for better or for worse. You see, friends, we are all being shaped and formed whether we like it or not. So the question is not who are you being shaped and formed. The question is who or what are you being shaped and formed by? You know, ask yourself this question, where is the majority of your attention? Is, your, is most of your attention focused on yourself, your body image, your career, some other human being in your life, your money? Who or what are we following? You see, if we're following the cultural trends of this world, we must not be surprised when we wake up in 5, 10, 20 years' time and we start to look more and more increasingly like the culture at large and less and less like disciples of Jesus. Because we are called to be with Him, to have intimacy with Him every day. And as we are with Jesus, we start to become like Jesus over time. I want to look at Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, and I want to take this from the message translation because I believe Eugene Peterson does a fantastic job at translating this passage. He says, so here's what I want you to do. It's quite simple. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what He wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you and develops well-formed maturity in you. Wow. So with all of this said, I believe that the only way that we can do this the only way that we can become like Jesus, the only way that we can practice spiritual disciplines that, in a way that is sustainable and effective and that produces long-lasting fruit and change is if we as disciples of Jesus are filled with the transforming power, the Spirit of Jesus. You see, we need to be filled with God's Holy Spirit. And as we are filled with the Spirit, being with Him, becomes easy because he's in me and I, he's with me. And then I, then I can, as I'm with him, I start to become like him. You know, we do not have the willpower, friends, to, to change ourselves. We don't. We, 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 we cannot commit over an extended period of time to shape and transform ourselves. It's, it's actually impossible. So that's actually pretty good news for disciples of Jesus because that means that we can take all the pressure off. You see, 
the job of transformation is not up to you and me. It's actually up to Jesus and the power of his spirit. So that means I don't really have to, it's like I don't achieve anything. Like it's not like I need to be good enough to do this. We were actually never designed to change ourselves. We were, we're actually completely incapable of self-forced change. We have actually been uniquely designed by the creator of the universe to experience him and to enjoy him. And when we enjoy him and experience him, what we will see as a result is change in our hearts and souls and minds. We are called to be with Jesus and then become like him. And that means that we regularly need to be in the presence of Jesus and be regularly filled with the spirit of Jesus if we want to be effective disciples of Jesus. Corinthians, or 2 Corinthians chapter 3 says this, Now the Lord is the Spirit. So we call this the Godhead, not Father, Son, Holy Spirit. The Lord is the Spirit, and when the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We all, we are all, uh, who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, meaning turn our attention to the Lord and His glory, we are being transformed into His image and with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Saying, when we turn our minds upon Jesus and look in His wonderful face and allow ourselves to see the glory and the beauty of Christ, we start to be transformed into His image. We so often look to change our behaviors as Christians or as human beings. We want to change our behavior so that we can become more like Jesus. But if we're going to have deep, lasting change at an internal level that is both authentic and lasting, because let's be honest, it's easy to fake it for a bit, right? Be kind, be generous, you know, kind of invite someone over for a holy, hospitable meal, and, and, then, and then someone just rubs you up the wrong way, and then it's like, ah, it's really easy to kind of fake it till you make it, but you actually never make it kind of deal. If you're going to have effective and authentic, lasting change, we do not need behavior modification. We need transformation deep in our souls. And so this means that we need to live in a constant state of awareness of and connection to God's Holy Spirit, to quote Dallas Willard. We need to say yes every day to the Spirit's transforming power in our lives. Because the world around us, friends, is shaping and forming us, and the culture at large has transforming power. We know this. We know this to be true. You spend enough time with someone or a group of people, and you slowly become like those people. You know, it was quite funny on New Year's Eve, um, we were at a, a, a gathering of some friends, and a guy that I met there for the first time, we were chatting, and I said to him, he's, he was going to church the, in the next day in Encinitas, I said, oh, I'm preaching in Encinitas, and he said to me, oh, are you going to have a translator with you? You know, I'm not actually speaking another language, it's just my South African accent, and um, When you spend time with a group of people, you start to, it, this happens with accents, right? Some people, they go on holiday for a week to the UK and they come back and all of a sudden they're talking like Pommy. But uh, I'm quite interested to see as my kids, and they start school tomorrow. First time at school in America. And off they're going to go tomorrow and uh, I've got a four-year-old and a seven-year-old. And honestly, like we're probably in not too long a time going to start to hear some little American accents coming out on our children. And they're slowly going to, as they start spending more and more time with Americans, they're going to start to become more and more American. And then we're going to see over time, they're going to start to do the things that Americans do. 
is going to be pretty interesting because, you know, America. God bless America. <laughs> Judah the other day said to me, hey, Dad, I haven't said yeah since we got to America. Have you noticed that? I keep saying yeah. So it's already happening. We are being shaped and formed by who or what we surround ourselves with. It's true with accents. It's also true with our hearts, souls, and minds. So the question is not what are we being shaped and formed by, but so are we being shaped and formed by what or who are you being shaped and formed by? The more time you spend with someone or community, the more you start to become like that person or community. So here's the question. Are we spending so much time in the world, so to speak, that we start to fit into the world without even thinking? Or are we fixing our attention on God so that we can be changed and formed from the inside out so that we can become more like Christ? See, according to the scriptures, we were designed to live in deep intimacy with the creator of the universe. But because the world is broken that we live in and because we live such busy and distracted lives, there is this distance that's created between our intimacy with God. And to use New Testament biblical language, the only way this can be filled uh, uh, the only way this, this distance can be uh, fixed is when we are filled with the power of His Holy Spirit. So here's a question. What does it mean to be filled with the Spirit? Well, one definition from Simon Ponsonby, he says this. He says, being filled with the Spirit of God is a constantly repeatable, meaning it's not a one-time event. It's a constantly repeatable, deepening experience of God's Spirit. And this is beautiful who brings a greater revelation of the person and work of Christ, brings about a blazing love for Christ, a greater and more effective witnessing to Christ, empowering witness to Christ, and a transforming conformity to the character of Christ. He's basically saying here, being filled with the Holy Spirit helps us be with Jesus, and then you become like him, and then you start to find yourself doing the very things that Jesus did. So this is how we can have the sustaining power, the willpower to actually, over time, become more like Christ. Is when we invite the Holy Spirit to come into our hearts and reveal Jesus Christ to us. And as the Holy Spirit comes into our hearts, we start to get this empowering uh, witness in us that reveals the person and character of Christ. And if, if the person and character of Christ is being revealed to us, well, then we can look upon him. We can turn our attention towards him. You see, you cannot turn your attention towards something or someone that is not being revealed to you. So we need the power of the Holy Spirit to reveal the person of Jesus Christ to us so that our attention can be fixed upon him. Being filled with the Spirit means that we get a clear vision of Jesus. And then we are empowered to become more like him. So this is why we are filled with the Spirit. Because becoming like Jesus, friends, it does not just happen overnight. You know, if you, if you want to train to run a marathon, or if you want to become a doctor and so go to school and learn and train, you know, or be an apprentice under an electrician or a plumber, or if you want to become like Jesus, these things don't happen over time. Meaning, we need to, you know, if you want to be a doctor, you've got to go to school regularly, right? And you've got to study and write exams and go through the process. It's a regular experience. 
If we want to become like Jesus, we need to be regularly filled with the power of His Holy Spirit so that Jesus can regularly be revealed to us, so that we can turn our attention regularly towards Him, so that we can over time become like Him. So the question about being filled really is not like, do you want a one-time crazy event or like a zap moment from the Holy Spirit? The question about being filled is this, is do you want more of God in your life? Sometimes when we talk about being filled with the Holy Spirit, we, our minds go towards like a hyper-charismatic kind of crazy moment, which is fine, like, you know, I'm not, that's okay, but what I'm more interested in is do you want more of God in your everyday life? Do you want more of who God has intended you to be? Do you want to experience life and life to the full? Simon Ponsonby, he says this, he says, when the Bible speaks of being filled with the Holy Spirit, it is saying that one is consumed, taken over, impregnated, saturated, complete, and replete with God's presence and power. And here's the punchline. To be filled with the Holy Spirit leaves no room to be filled with anything else. So the, the world and myself are removed, and the power of Christ saturates me, and, and His presence and power consume me, and I start to be Become more like Jesus. Do you see what's happening here? Being filled with the Spirit of Jesus leaves no room to be filled with anything else. It's that old little one-liner, less of me and more of him. And so I start to become more like him. So the question I end with this morning is this. Not like, do you want to go and do a bunch of stuff? I just want to ask you this. Do you want more of God in your life? Do you want more of who God has created you to be? Do you want to find rest for your souls? Not just like today until tomorrow when somebody like irritates you on your commute to work or you know you come into contact with the boss who's giving you a hassle. No, do you want rest in your souls 24/7? Do you want to live out a life of discipleship where we are attached with the easy yoke of Jesus to our master and we do life with him. I don't have to force it. I just kind of slipstream alongside him as he leads me and guides me. Do you want more of the presence of God in your life? Because it is the presence of God that will craft you and shape you into all that you are created to be and that is to become more like Jesus. And we can stop striving to kind of earn and achieve. We, we don't have to you know, find something in our lives that can fill this void in my soul. I can just... You know, I don't have to prove my worth. I don't have to find my meaning in life by buying a bunch of stuff. I can actually just let God be God in my life and fill what only he can fill and satisfy my soul to a place of peace and rest where I'm with him and I start to become like him. Gordon Fee in his book, he says that the best definition of God's spirit is God's empowering presence. And I just wanna like, take the liberty because Gordon Fee's not here today and just like add in a little tagline on that to become like Jesus. God's Holy Spirit is given to us as a helper. God's empowering presence to become more like Jesus, to see him. So I'm gonna invite the, I'm just, actually I'm just gonna invite Isaac up. So I want Isaac to come up and, and if there's a prayer team to come up here and I'm gonna invite all of us to stand. Do you mind standing with me this morning? And just maybe creating a moment of response where we can just say, okay, I want to see Jesus. I'm gonna invite the Holy Spirit into my heart and, and so that the Holy Spirit can give me an empowering, the 
to see the person and wonder of Christ. And as I turn my eyes towards Jesus and look full in his wonderful face, the things of this world will grow dim in the light of his glory and his grace. And so as Isaac plays, maybe we can sing that song, Isaac, turn our eyes upon Jesus. And if you're comfortable, you don't, you don't have to do anything, but I'm gonna just invite you to close your eyes with me. And I'd love to pray for us. And it's quite simple. We don't need to create a moment of hype. We don't need to like kind of do crazy things. We can actually just say, come Holy Spirit. Come and move amongst us. Reveal the person of Jesus. Give us a greater revelation and a vision of Christ. Let me see him. Because when we see him, it'll be really easy to turn our attention towards him. Let me tell you. So if you've never seen Jesus before, if you've never had this like sense of, wow, I'm getting a a revelation of who Christ is. I'm starting to experience his beauty, the wonder, the glory that is found in the person of Christ. You know, you you can even have given your life over to Christ and experienced the wonderful gift of salvation. But if you actually want a greater revelation and a vision of Jesus, one that's clear and beautiful and true, one, a, a, a revelation that, that Jesus is like where I need to turn my attention. In fact, I don't even have to make a decision. Friends, you know when you see something that's awesome, like a beautiful view or a wonderful piece of art, you're immediately drawn to that thing? Jesus is so beautiful. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you'd come and reveal the person of Jesus to us this morning, that we are captivated by his beauty, that we cannot help ourselves but turn our eyes upon him. And that as we see Jesus, as we see you, Jesus, that you would give us and shower us with your love, your mercy, your grace, that we would start to know what it means to enjoy you and encounter you. And there will start to be something in my soul that rises up that says, actually, I will live for no one and nothing else. That the things of this world grow dim. They fade into the background because Jesus is beautiful. And so we just say, come Holy Spirit. Minister to us this morning. Thanks for listening to the Light Church Podcast. This sermon was recorded in San Diego, California. We pray that the Lord would speak to you through his word. For more information, you can visit our website, lightsandiego.com.